0: Hey, welcome to the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Pebblebrook Cottage Candles. These are my absolute favorite candles in the whole world, and I couldn't be more happy to do an ad for these guys. Ernie comes to my shop and sells me candles all the time, and he started a website, and the website is pebblebrookcottage.com if you go to his website and you order some candles, use the promo code high note 15 to get 15% off your entire order. So basically these candles, the reason I like them, they smell better. That's the biggest thing. They smell better than any candle I've ever seen. They smell great and they have every type of scent you can imagine. It's not just a bunch of like tropical fruity flavors. They, They have a variety. Um, you can go kind of pick and choose different scents for how your mood is or whatever. But also, they don't contain contain all the carcinogens of most of the other candle companies. Uh, they're all natural soy, so they're not going to leave soot in your wall. And I love the fact that I know where my money's going. It's going to Ernie and his wife. It's not going to some big corporation. And I'm getting a better product. And it just feels great to buy them. I, I absolutely love this guy. And I think you should check out their candles. Um, his wife is wonderful at making candles. He's great at selling them. Uh, anyway, again, that is pebblebrookcottage.com. Use the promo code high 15 for 15% off your entire order and enjoy the show. You there? I'm here. Hey, what's up, man? Um, okay. But one of two ways I can just start talking now and introduce you and we can just leave it all unedited how I like. I've never done one over the phone. Um, yeah. Um, or if you need me to, I can edit whatever out later. Um, it's pretty easy to do. But uh, Alex Rousey, am I saying that right? Like, yeah, Ron Rousey? like Ronda Rousey? Yeah, Ronda Rousey. Okay. okay, cool. That's probably the easiest way to tell people how to pronounce it, right? 100%.
1: Um,
0: cool. Um, okay, so to get a little baseline out there uh, compared to where I'm in Lawton, Oklahoma, which is where uh, Tiger King is like an hour from us if you've heard of Tiger King the <laughs> documentary. So um, – where you're at is everything pretty well locked down
1: yeah everyone's on quarantine essential services are still going and uh it's pretty chill though the weather's nice people can still go outside and walk around right and uh yeah we flattened the curve already so it's like going pretty
0: good (laughs) well that's the the way that it was working here it looked like we'd be improving and uh at least in my town, they they shut everything down for the most part. Essential businesses were they considered dispensaries, alcohol, you know, liquor stores, whatever, uh, grocery stores. A lot of stuff I didn't think was essential. They kind of said is, and then uh, what ended up happening that was real fun was uh, everybody started getting stimulus checks. And here they're not very big; it's twelve hundred dollars, which is you know, it's most people's mortgage, but it's nothing crazy. Is that but weekly uh, or a month. Oh, that was just once. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So when that happened, though, when those checks started hitting people's banks, bank accounts, they decided to open up retail again. And I'm kind of I'm guessing we're about to have a big rebound and it's going to get worse. But I don't know. Um, but tattooing and massaging are the two sources of income my house has. And we're not allowed to do those. So Damn. it's uh it's fun. But, yeah, I mean, luckily, like most tattooers, you know, we all. I don't, can't say all. Most tattooers I know that have been doing it for more than like four or five years have something set aside because we know it's not always guaranteed anyway. So right. uh, it's not the worst field to be in. Like at least we make enough money most of the year we can prepare for this. But in Canada, I was going to ask you at somewhere on. I have a list of questions I want to run by. But Should they're paying you guys recorded? monthly to stay home. Yeah, yeah, we're on right now. If that's cool, okay, cool. I'm down. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I can I can edit it out and like we can if usually usually what I do is people come into to my shop and I have like a little area that I I have all the mics set up and everything and it sounds a lot better than it will over the phone and I talk to them for a couple minutes and smoke a joint if they smoke or whatever you know give them a few minutes to warm up and then we sit down and talk right um and I didn't know like if you are cool with just I mean I'm cool with just diving in like I'm cool with this part being on my podcast I don't really care I think people find it interesting so yeah I'm cool I'm I'm down Um, okay cool well um as far as Canada goes like how how are they handling it financially I heard they're giving everybody a lot more money and you're getting a monthly check right
1: yeah two grand a month for the CERB and um, that's the Canadian emergency response benefit and then for small business you can get a 40k loan with um, it's like low low interest or no interest and if you pay right in like a year you can get 25k uh, taken off reimbursed
0: Okay, cool. So the, the U S did something similar with the loan part where it was kind of sketchy though. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure, you know, there's some differences between how our governments work and yours seems to be more compassionate, but, uh, the way that it worked here was like, you can get a loan for up to a hundred K, but it's like, it's supposed to be forgivable if you use it for utilities and things to keep your business afloat while you're not profiting anything. Right. But, uh, they say it's forgivable. They don't say how exactly, or at least not that I could read, how exactly you make sure it's going to be forgiven. Um, So like, let's say you got, you just needed 40. So you get 40 and you paid for your shop's rent uh, for a couple months and it was like two grand a month. So you pay for that for three months. You can almost for sure get that 6,000 forgiven according to what I read, but it doesn't say how you do Mm. it and I, I don't trust our government at all so i'm like man i'm oh. gonna, i'll just stick to this cash i had set aside well i think um, everyone's just
1: freestyling it right everyone's just kind of yeah. working this as they go like,
0: yeah the yeah like nobody i'm not really saying it's a bad thing i mean nobody's prepared for it it's just i don't i don't want to get a big loan i can't pay back you know what i mean right but but yeah on everything you're totally right on like the cities the states the everything it's all people that they're <laughs> They're giving it their best and trying really hard. And I have noticed like our mayor, I've never really paid attention to our mayor too much. I mean, I've met him in person once and he's pretty cool, but he, uh, he got really serious about it for a minute. And he was like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make sure all these businesses are closed. You got to wear a mask when you go outside and all this stuff. And then on Facebook, he got some comments he didn't like. So he was like, you know what? I'll let you guys live your life, which was cool but now we have people walking around sneezing on each other and you know, it's, I don't know what to think of it. Honestly. Are you in a bigger city or a rural area? Like what's the population? Um The population of my town is about a hundred thousand. So it's, it's relatively small. It's not a big city, but it's, we would consider it a city here. Um, it's like, we have a military base. That's probably, I don't know if I had to guess it's say 15% of our population is the military. Uh, so it kind of makes the numbers weird because a lot of those guys are in and out. So we might have 100,000 actually in the town right now. And then next week we might have 130,000. Like a, the they're here for training constantly. So it's kind of confusing. But yeah, it's not like a really small town. Um, and all the businesses that got temporarily shut down uh, seemed to not like it. And they were really upset. And I was like, man, like I don't, I'm not enjoying not tattooing, but I understand the necessity of this and I'm cool with it. And uh, I figured it would be the smaller businesses like mine that were complaining about it, and it's actually the businesses that are, you know, your mid-sized retail stores that are not Walmart big or, you know, I don't know what you guys have out there, Costco big or whatever, but more smaller stuff that's like the size of an average grocery store that has some stuff. Those guys are are resisting, and then just the general population it's Facebook comment is how we're communicating with our government right now, which is also strange (laughs) to me, but it's, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think, I feel like with uh, Trump is on Twitter every five minutes. So I think that kind of started a thing where people in politics think it's okay to just, well, it's not that it's not okay. They're just, they're kind of going with the new technology and trying to be hip. (laughs) And It's it's like seeing these old guys on Twitter.
1: (laughs) It's probably not even them too. It's probably, you know, some, their advisor or something like that, you know,
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure they have like some person that's their their online person and reads it to them and says, hey, is it cool if I post yeah. this? And then they sign yeah. up on it or my, maybe not even like, that. But uh, yeah, I have if it's cool with you, I have a long list of questions I'd like to ask you. And also, um, like, first off, thank you for coming on here and talking to me, even though it's a phone call and not a real podcast. No uh, problem, man. I, got like,
1: else to do. I put
0: that thing out there.
1: Go ahead. I said no problem, man. I got nothing else to do.
0: <laughs> yeah that's what i figured um when i put the thing on uh the ask me a question deal that was like hey who wants to come on our podcast i didn't expect to get anybody that i'd been paying attention to their work that was like from a different area i thought like you know some of my clients that are interesting people or whatever so i'm, I'm super excited um i just wish i could do the thing where you know i wait till i'm at a convention out near you or something and we could like at least set up in a hotel room because i'm a big face-to-face kind Thanks. of person but uh yeah it's you got to do what you got to do my kids are trying to do their school on the computer like like facetiming their teachers and uh the my daughter's dance lessons it just isn't working they're trying to do zoom for dance lessons with like 30 kids (laughs) and (laughs) it's just you know everybody's trying to figure it out but uh online yeah yeah do you guys does your kid you have a kid right Uh,
1: just one. Yeah, one. He's four years old. His name's Julie. Okay. Is he doing karate? Yeah, and he's doing it on Zoom. And uh it's just harder to get them engaged.
0: Yeah. Which is weird because if you give them a YouTube video, they'll just suck right into it. (laughs) So (laughs) But it's something something about that I don't know, I feel like martial arts, like my kids are in jujitsu and that's one thing. Like martial arts, you kinda have to be there, especially like Karate might be a little different because there's forms and there's, like, blocks and everything. But in jiu-jitsu, like, there's really no way I know of to get good at it or practice by yourself. Where almost any other martial art, you could at least practice your kicks on a bag or whatever. But jiu-jitsu, like, best case you're rolling with one of those dummies. Like, Sentry makes this. It's like a punching bag that's got arms and legs and a head. Um, And it's not the same thing. Like, my son has a heavy bag that he'll every now and then he'll do some drills with it. But we just kind of like at this point, we figure all the other kids in the jujitsu class and all the kids at the tournaments probably are also gonna, you know, not be as good in a couple months. So we're not, too yeah, it's gonna, about it. off. uh, yeah. And that's one of the things for me with tattooing. I was like, man, how am I supposed to practice? Like, so we did the fake skin thing. Um, everybody at the shop got together. There's only like six of us. So we all went in and, uh, And we did tattoos on fake skin and it it was a nightmare, man. None of the tattoos turned out how we wanted or how it would on a real person. I mean, they were cool. Like I have one that I did a portrait of my daughter on one. That's cool, but it's not, it's nothing like tattooing a person. And uh, I guess I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that everybody else is also not tattooing. Yeah. So if it's a competitive thing, uh, it's not a big deal, but it's, man, it's hard to, it's hard well, how to tattoo. Many, how many it, tattooers uh, do you
1: think are tattooing like in their house
0: oh man i don't know because i get a lot of messages and people are asking me if i'll come to them and i'm like hey i own two shops like if i wanted to risk it and and do that i mean i could just go in and tattoo somebody and lock the door and at least i would have control of the environment yeah. in. and really like the video you posted before everything got shut down about how you were doing it i was talking to my dentist about you know, how, how should I go about this? What do you think I should do with booking? And with, like, I was kind of the same thing. Like, when you get in the door, set your phone down, set your uh, keys down, whatever you're holding, let me wipe all that down with a cavi wipe and then air it out. I'll give it to you in a minute. If you have glasses on or anything, we'll clean those. Give you a mask right when you walk in and all that. And I came up with a great plan. And then literally the same day, that's when the, the governor was like, no, nah, no more tattoos. <laughs> so it didn't matter the plan. Oh, but yeah, I'm guessing if I had to take a real guess, I'd say about uh, 30 to 40% of tattooers are at least doing something. Yeah. Um, are you, I mean, out there where you're at, like, is it, is it pretty strict? Like if you guys were to go in and do one appointment a week just to stay working, would you get in trouble? Or if you like tattooed your girlfriend or your wife or something? Um, I don't think
1: you'd get in trouble, but here's the thing. You got to worry about the snitches and you got to worry about the people that are really yes. scared and they're snitching on people for like, having people over or someone you know they see their neighbor someone hangs out and says hi like in the front <laughs> drive driveway you got to worry about those people and they're going to put you on black internet
0: yeah yeah and and it's your reputation at risk like people won't understand if you said well you know i was just tattooing my girl and we're always like we sleep in the same bed so what's the yeah. difference you know like there's certain things where i feel like it doesn't matter but at the same time like there's a situation like i would have never thought about the whole snitching aspect until uh in I think it was Los Angeles. It might have been the state of California, but it was either a governor or a mayor. Somebody put out a thing. They were actually offering rewards for snitches. <laughs> like if you, if you see your neighbor have more than just the pizza guy stop by, you're supposed That's to what? call it in. And it's stupid. Yeah, I'm like, I mean, I do get the concern, but uh, in my town, the police put out a thing saying they won't answer uh, if they if you find a body, they're not going to come. If, if there's a domestic abuse situation, they're not gonna come. And uh, they made a list of like, what I would call serious violent crimes that they're not answering to. Um, because their main focus is staying away from direct contact with people and uh, and all the break-ins because, you know, people get bored and start yeah, breaking into broke. shit. Like, yeah, and the thing is, I, I thought it was broke, but people are breaking into weird stuff out here, man. I mean, the bars make sense that people break into a bar is still alcohol. Um, but they're breaking into nail salons that don't, you know, we haven't been working for four or five weeks. So like a nail salon's not going to have a bunch of cash in it. Um, and I don't know how much nail polish costs or if they have, maybe they have an autoclave in there or something I don't know about that's really expensive, but there was a, there was a night, and keep in mind, my town's 100,000 people. There was a night where five nail salons Whoa. got robbed in one night. And, yeah, I was just saying, like, I couldn't wrap my head around it, man. I thought it was the craziest shit. But uh, I have a fun list of questions here for you. And we can veer off onto anything, whatever you want to talk about. It's cool. But uh, how long have you I've been, been tattooing, tattooing about 11, 12 years. Perfect. Okay. I was, I was hoping you didn't say like two and a half or something to make <laughs> me feel like a piece of shit. Cause your work's amazing. <laughs> like every now and then you'll see these guys that have been tattooing for like two years and you're like, Oh man. Okay. yeah, That's how you're supposed oh, to do it's it. It's just so much uh, easier. That's, There's so much more
1: information. The machines just work by everything. Yeah, And it's just way easier to get good these days. Right? Like I would say, I would yeah. say two years experience in this time, in this generation is almost like Five or six, ten years ago.
0: Yeah, I would say if we're going ten years back, then I would say two years is at least the equivalent to six. I think you're right. I like. I I would say. Um, also, people are a little more art focused now, and like when I got into tattooing, there was a. There was a thing where people thought you had to do everything a certain way, and and it doesn't. I don't mean just like traditional, like. Like when I started tattooing, if I didn't do all my tattoos traditional, like if I tried something and I did one that was more on the realistic side, I would catch some blowback from like guys down the road saying I'm too new to try that. I've only been tattooing two or three years, so I'm not allowed to do that. And now it's like everybody's, I don't know if that's cultural here or if that's everywhere, but now it's like, everybody's like, man, do whatever challenges you, you know, get creative if you're worried about the way it's going to age, do it on your friend and rework it in five years anyway, you know, like a little more artistic and a little less let's follow the rules, which I really like. Um, But like my apprentice, she's been tattooing for less than a year. And one of the last people I got to tattoo before this whole thing was like, Hey, did you see the (laughs) portrait Megan did? And I was like, which one she's, dude, she's done like five. I mean, she works for me. It's not like I haven't seen it, but um, he was like, dude, I thought you did it. And I was like, man, that's really good. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you. I, I guess I'll take credit because I taught her. But like, she's fucking killing it, dude. She's less than a year and like portraits. And I, years ago, I wouldn't have let her do it. I mean, if, you know, if I was apprenticing somebody five years ago, even though I had no place to be doing that, uh, I don't think I would have allowed them to try a portrait, but she was already really artistic and really good at drawing. And she, like her first five or six tattoos looked like she'd already been doing it a couple years and it was real weird to watch. And like the equipment's better too. I think that's, I mean, most of it, I think in that case is her. I don't think, I'm not saying like, oh man, if I started right now, I'd be just as good. I think she's a phenomenal tattooer, but but the equipment makes a a difference too, not just the easier uh, to learn from information. The kids are coming up. (laughs) Yeah, they're going to catch us. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Like, I feel old now. I've been tattooing, I think, uh, I think I just hit 13 years. And I started when I was a teenager. So it's like, damn near half my life, I've been a tattooer. Um, So it's, it's weird watching. And then like, you, you see them. But the thing is, we have the same tools they have to learn. So we have no excuse they surpass us. Like we, you know, we gotta stay working on it um but anyway uh Oklahoma have you seen Tiger King like yeah yeah
1: Yeah, I've watched a bit I think I watched two or three episodes everyone's talking about it my girl started to watch it yeah it's just insane I can't believe that that's like a real thing
0: yeah and it's it's um so I met a guy that is friends with Doc Antle who's one of the characters I think he's uh like in South Carolina or something but a guy in Oklahoma that owns a zoo that's friends with that guy. And he was like, it's definitely not what it looks like. He's not really married to five or six girls or whatever the show said, but all the crazy shit with like the tigers getting killed. And uh, I mean, obviously the lady getting her arm bit off or the guy, I can't, they did a follow up. actually. It turns out that's a, that person identifies as Mel and they called him a girl on the whole thing. But uh, that was, that was an interesting part of it but the person that lost their arm that's obviously real and like the zoo i've been there in person and seen it and met the guy it looks just like that and the amount of teeth is weird. <laughs> like nobody has fucking teeth out that's, there. that's hilarious weird. it's it, it's like brutal oh, though well, i mean i i remember we was went it cool though I, like was it like did you have a good time there yeah i mean yeah they have a bunch of crazy cats that you've never seen and they had um They have ligers, which is weird, and apparently – I didn't know this back when I went to the zoo, but apparently they only live to be, like, three or four years old. Um, But they get super huge. Like, they had a liger – I'm about six feet tall, and they had a liger that's shoulder was near my head. Uh, So that was wild, but the whole thing is, like, when you don't know that they're breeding an animal that's going to have a bunch of health problems that's going to, you know, die probably before its third birthday – you don't feel bad or as bad, but I, dude, I already hated zoos like since I was a little kid. Like, I love the idea of it, and I love looking at the animals, and then I hate seeing them in cages. I mean, it's for kids, so though. I think it's, it's always for been kids. weird. What? Yeah, and and the other thing is like I don't think my kids would have the same love they do for yeah. animals if they haven't seen some of them in person. So it's like it's one of those. I'm not knocking zoos or saying they're all bad. I just like it's a hard place for me to go, but I also feel like sometimes i need to and uh there's a zoo that's actually open around here right now and we went the other day and uh my son saw a hyena in person for the first time and he understood that's yeah. a fucked up animal <laughs> like when he, he he was like i gotta get away from this thing it looks scary like it was like making weird noises at his shit. Are... but uh hyenas I mean, are savage uh, Go ahead. yeah they're fucking nuts i had to like My favorite thing about having kids is I have to look up all this shit that I didn't know. So I'm getting smarter just because, you know, they make me research things, but I I thought hyenas were like in the, uh, in the like wolf or dog family. And uh, it turns out they're their own thing. They're not, they're not related to cats or, or wolves. They're somewhere in the middle. And uh, there's a bunch of weird, fun facts about them. I, I think like, I think it's hyenas that the, uh, the females actually have something closer to a penis than the males, and then they still birth the babies, so sometimes they die. Like, sometimes the baby dies because it's coming out of a penis. Um, there's some weird shit. It's, it's bizarre. Yeah, they, so, they, have, yeah, they have an enlarged foot, and they
1: dominate the males.
0: Yeah, that's but the but the enlarged clit thing is that where the baby comes out because so. somebody told me the babies die coming out because it comes. To... Okay, see that's where I gotta Google more. But that wasn't the part that I was trying to explain <laughs> yeah. to my kids. I skipped over that fun know. detail and went. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, your shop setup. What is it like out there? Is it like a regular street shop or people? I have like a kid, private, private studio, studio, studio? or
1: tattoo in a house. So,
0: so I house Oh, cool. Uh,
1: okay. And that's just for tattooing. So it's like a smaller house. it's like on a main street and I just.
0: Tattooed. Oh, gotcha. And that's all like you can get a license for that there. It's not yeah. some kind of weird. Okay, cool. that's cool. Um, there's there's a really small town near where I live that I, I was trying to do that because, but not because it was legal. Like the city wouldn't let me put a tattoo shop in their town. Um, so I thought it was like one of those weird discriminative things. And I asked the mayor about it and the mayor was super excited to help me. She was like, you want to put a shop in my town? She was, yeah. cause the population's like 400. And I was just thinking it's a cool place. And my appointments are coming from out of town anyway. And, uh, the mayor was down, but all the people that own, there's only three people that own commercial property in this tiny town. And they're all like real old, uh, church going kind of businessmen type people uh one of them owns a bar and a dispensary but still said tattoo shops are out um yeah but but that town i thought i would, i actually considered just doing that like buying a house out there that's kind of off the main road and uh and trying to like trick my way into a license and then i thought you know maybe don't invest that much money into
1: yeah, risky the, right
0: some trickery <laughs> but yeah but So, you work by yourself? In the yeah, studio, I'm just I'm private. Guessing, like not- so, I worked at uh,
1: like a street okay. shop for five years, yeah. kind of right downtown in our town. Um, we have about 80 to 100,000 here. So, we're not like a super small town. We're kind of part of uh, what's called Metro Vancouver. So, Vancouver is the main city. And then you have all these towns that are kind of around it called Metro Vancouver. So, I'm kind of on the outskirts of that. So, I'm not in the city. I'm not in the country. Kind of in the middle. So, I that Defiance, that was like five years That's and I had uh, my own shop for five years and I had some people work for me and I had an apprentice and then um, that kind of fell through and I just was working by myself for a bit and then I had this idea to just go even more private to get a house and it was, I love it. I got I'm like looking yeah. at my backyard right now and I got a deck and there's a huge tree and there's grass and it's just super chill.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's, um, that's kind of the idea I had for that small town when I was talking about like I wanted to have just a place where I do my appointments. And then if somebody cancels, I still have my regular shop, I could just go right. in and take walk ins that day or whatever. And uh, what I ended up doing is we have one regular street shop that there's two artists that work full time. And then one of my friends that drives from out of town to work two days a week to cover. And then two of us that usually work at an appointment only place around the corner. We actually go in on Saturdays and if we have appointments, we, you know, just do our appointment there. And if we can get walk-ins, we get them. Um, and it, it's fun to have that variety, but honestly, I, I've always liked the idea of just kind of working alone in like a small space that's got a cool backyard or, you know, something. Um, but I ended up with a place that that works really well. And uh, <clears throat> me and my buddy, Jason Rivera, work together there three days a week. And then one day at the other shop. Uh, how many days a week do you work? Do you work Um, like a normal person? Sometimes I work every day for the month. I
1: just feel like I need to grind. Um, it it just depends. (laughs) Right. right? But usually, um, my 70% of the time I'm working like five days a week, but then I fill a day here. I fill a day there. I keep my schedule kind of open. Um, Cause I got a lot of really good communication with my clients, right? So I can move people. I can double stack the days if I want to take a day off and double stack one day. And so I really, I keep, I keep it open because life is crazy, right? I want to make this party or I want to go have dinner with this person. So I I keep it kind of open, right? And I let my clients kind of, if they need to move something around, I work with them because if I need to move something around, they work with me.
0: That's perfect. I, yeah, I think I started out a little bit too, um, I don't know what the word would be, too strict, I guess, on the way I book, because that sounds better, <laughs> like just, just like the the cool relationship with your clients where you can be like, you know what, this concert turns out to be this weekend, and yeah. you have an appointment, yeah. let's push it back a day. Um, yeah, and the other thing is, I've noticed with at least with my clients, I'm guessing everybody, usually if you can get them sooner they're down like usually if you're trying to clear out a day for next week because you want to go to a a party or concert or whatever it is and you can move them up to tomorrow most of them will be very excited about it so uh i've used that to my advantage many times like every now and then i'll find out about something i want to take the kids to or whatever and i'll scoot something up but i just try to keep my schedule not too chaotic and then i have three days in a row off every week and uh Probably about half the time I'll feel one of those days with something I want to do so that I'll make it a five day work week. But I, I I used to work, you know, five or six days, usually five really long days. And now I try to work four long days. And then if I come in on my day off, it's going to be like a, you know, portrait or something that's like four or five hours at the most. Um, and also that was one thing, just cause I'm talking about time. I noticed you do a lot of really big pieces that looks like you're doing most of it in one session, or at least a good chunk of it in one session. Do you, is that an illusion or do you actually like get most of your clients to come in and get, you know, like three quarters? Um, of the I think I'm really fast.
1: Like, well, actually I know I'm really fast. I'm like really efficient. <laughs> Plus I like do long sessions. Um, and then I get people to do back to back days too. So I do, like two, uh, if I do two, if I do four yeah, to that's... six hour back to back days, right? Like, so four sessions in total, like two weeks apart, I can get a lot done in that time.
0: Yeah, I could see that working. I know a lot of people that have people flying from everywhere do it like that. Uh, uh, do you know who Jeff Norton is? Sounds familiar, but. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, anytime somebody says a name, and it's yeah. not, and I can't see their Instagram, I have a hard time anyway. But he did my back, and I flew out there, and I I knew it was going to be rough, but I thought I could do two days in a row. And I did, I, I did, but uh, I was going to do two days in a row every time I flew out. And after the uh, first one, I was like, no, nah, I'm good. We'll just fly every time. Um, that's it was boring, right? When it was people. Like, but, hey, it was ridiculous.
1: I know some people are going to hate it. And when I book them in, I'm like, Hey man, it's going to be hard. Like you're going to feel like shit the next day, but here's the thing. You're going to get so much done and you're only going to have one healing period and just, we're going to get it. Um, And then sometimes, sometimes you can tell people don't go as long the second day. Um, But I'm really good at, okay. If I don't want to, on the first day, I don't want to push them too hard. Right. So maybe I'll do like four hours and then the second day, maybe push them hard because it's the last session and they got to get it done. They have no choice. So people are stronger than you think they are, right? Like if you put them in a sink or swim position, they're going to swim.
0: Yeah. That's that. Um, when I have people from, I don't have a lot of people coming from so far that I feel like I really need to make sure I get it done all at once or whatever, but I have one guy, he's in Omaha, Nebraska, which is I, if I had to guess, I'd say like a 13 or 14 hour drive. It's not close at all. And he drives, he doesn't fly. So when he's there, I'm like, all right, let's see how much we can get done. Last time I did his whole his whole forearm on one side. And then I did background filling gaps from four larger pieces that he had, uh, that he had me do previously on his other arm. So we did, I think wow. 14 and a half, maybe 15 hours in one day. And he was totally fine. And like I, I stayed in touch with him a little extra after that because I was kind of worried about sending him. I mean, he he was staying in town for yeah. a couple of days to not hop back in the car. But I was that was the first time I've ever like pushed somebody to where I was worried about it, and that kind of made me like step back a little bit with the people that live around here. If it's you know if it's six and a half hours and I got an hour to go, I'm gonna definitely make you get through that hour. But if it's like six and a half hours and we have three to go. And you're freaking out already. Usually I try some numbing aids and stuff like that. And if it doesn't work out. I've only had a few. I've had to break up into sessions. But uh, most people. Yeah you're totally right. As long as you. Like I don't want to say force it. But that's about the best wording I can come up with. As long as you talk them into it. And make sure they know. It's in everybody's best interest to get it done today. Oh yeah. They can take a lot more than they think. Um, so with that whole thing. Like doing. Huge stuff. Do you have any special tricks or tips that you, I mean, like what you do when they're headed home? Do you tell them, you know, take ibuprofen or, or anything like that or just wrap it with saran um, I wrap? I wrap them up with one of that?
1: those. It's like a pee pad. It's like a padded one of those. I don't know call that. Um, I So uh, what I do, I tell them to get a good sleep the night before. Um, I always take food breaks and I like make them eat. Even if they're not hungry, I'm like, eat the food. You're going to be your adrenaline's up, so your body's tricking you into thinking you're not hungry. <laughs> and then I get them to eat, and they're like, oh, yeah, you're yeah. right, man. I was actually starving. And I'm like, yeah. And um, so I just I just make them eat a lot of food and a lot of sugar to keep their energy levels up, and uh, that tends to help. And um, one thing, like, like I said before, I don't push them too hard, right? Um, if I really think they're really getting shaky and they're going to pass out on me or something, I – I just, you know, outline it or shade it really quickly, get my light sources in, and uh, I let them be, right? So that's kind of what I do. I don't have any special tricks, really. I kind of just, my main thing is get them to eat a lot of food because they need that energy.
0: Right. Yeah, and that's that's one thing. I have a lot of clients that they're weird about eating uh, before the appointment. They say they don't like to eat when they're nervous or whatever, and I went through a phase where I wasn't asking everybody and checking. Like I was like, ah, oh, these people are, you know, they're grownups. They know what to eat before a tattoo. And uh, that same phase led to a phase of people not handling tattoos as well. So I, I push food. Uh, I don't push food breaks so much as like, just make sure they eat before they get there. But right. if you're doing two days in a row, yeah, you would need to eat a ton of food. <laughs> I know I, all I want to do when I get tattooed is eat like, and it's because I, I know that my body's tricking me. And I go, yeah. I know I'm not hungry right now, but as soon as I get a bite, I'll be hungry. And uh, I bring like a bag of all kinds of shit. Uh, I always get made fun of by every tattoo artist that I go to. They're like, do you really need that much candy? I'm like, uh, yeah, exactly. It's the only time I'm going to eat this much candy and not feel bad about it. Like, I'm going to, yeah, I'll show up with Gatorade, like all kinds of garbage you should not put in your body. I'll show up with all of it and be yeah. like, for today, this is how I'm eating. It's real fun, which yeah, exactly. It's you're filtering shit out. Anyway, <laughs> Stuff it's fine. Like that are good. <laughs> and I, have my, I noticed, uh,
1: yes, this is what I call them. So I always like contact the person or meet up with them beforehand. I'm like, Hey, listen, these are your three S's sleep. You better get a good sleep. Um, shave, shave the area, do it nice in the shower. Don't cut yourself. Um, get it really smooth. And then snacks, like bring food, bring a lot of snacks. So those are the three S's. Don't forget those. So I kind of, those are my main things for people.
0: Yeah. Uh, one thing we've, I've never found the right variety of snacks. I used to think it was a great idea to just keep all the food we could at the shop. Cause there's no regulations here on what we can have as far as some places are real strict, but, uh, we have a refrigerator filled with like healthy drinks and then soda and all kinds of shit. You shouldn't put in your body that I would definitely drink while I was getting tattooed. And we have like fruit snacks and candy and trail mix. And uh, sometimes we'll have, you know, like snack cakes, like Twinkies and shit. And we have this big thing of all that. And I've learned if you tell somebody when they get there, that they're welcome to have anything in there, they're not going to get it yet. But as soon as you take a bathroom break and you run to the back, They'll when you come out they're always eating something and so you can get that like little steady trickle of nutrients in them and especially stuff like trail mix it's like fatty and there's you know and shit so there's sugar but it's not really that bad um it seems to be the sweet spot as far as like a a thing to get people to munch on for a five-hour tattoo yeah they're getting something huge i always try to talk them into real food um but on the subject of food and nutrition and stuff like I I just sounded like I eat healthy right. I don't eat that healthy but like I, usually I don't eat candy every day but uh you seem to from what I've seen on your videos and all that you seem to be really into not just working out for vanity sake but you seem like a very healthy person in general and uh has that yeah, been your whole tattoo career you always been always like always that or was there a phase where been
1: you sports and working out and art that's always been who I am and I never changed.
0: That's cool. I know a lot of people, like, they'll find themselves halfway through, you know, a pretty long tattoo career and their whole body's fucking up and they don't realize they're just eating and not moving around. And uh, and then they'll become addicted to exercise. Like, I've met a lot of tattoo artists that used to be fat as fuck that are jacked now. And I'm always interested to see if it's that or if it's somebody that just started out right because – I mean, I don't really work out on a regular basis or anything, I just kind of chase the kids around and take really Have long you ever walks and uh, and try not to eat too much. Jiu-Jitsu, no, so it's gonna sound like a really shitty excuse. I've been, been fascinated with Jiu-Jitsu for like five years and I didn't want to start it a couple years ago because I thought it'd be cool to start when my kid starts. And then about the time we got my kid at an age where he was ready to start, I had a really bad back injury, and now at this point, I think I could go into jujitsu just fine. But I'm always scared. I'm just one of those people that when I do anything, I go a little bit too hard every time, and I'm trying to learn restraint now because well, I don't want to go in and get competitive about and fuck that. my back up. This is what I tell um, to
1: people that are like new: just do private sessions with someone who's really experienced and really good, someone that you trust, and do that for a year or two.
0: Okay. I never even considered that yet. Yeah, like my kid's coach, I actually pay him in tattoos. He's really cool. Um, and I, I'm sure I could get that's private lessons. Number I never even option. thought of that as an option. because so actually going that's a to good a class.
1: You don't know who you're paired up with. You don't know if this person's new. Then if you're in a group with three, then you're losing reps, you're losing time. So doing a private class is almost like doing three regular classes almost.
0: Okay. I never, I, I mean, I knew that that existed, um, but my kid's just in a regular class with, you know, like 10 other kids or something. And uh, the adult class comes in right after my kid's class is over. And I've always watched the adults come in and then I'm looking at guys and I'm like, Oh, he's not in great shape. I could get in there too. Like, it's fine. You don't have to be like, cause I make all these stupid excuses for myself where I go, well, I really need to get in shape before I start doing that instead of using that to get myself in sh- Like, I I just I'm the master of giving myself shitty excuses for I mean, not doing all, things I should be doing to make myself it's healthier. Just, health, so, it's just really. You just got rid of one for me though. Amazing. So like,
1: right, like just right after.
0: Yeah. Well, for me, um, I think for my mental health, I think it would be a huge thing, and then also it's it seems like the right amount of physical exercise and contact with humans that would probably be good for me. Um, so, like, I've I've always thought it was a cool sport. And then I didn't really think about getting into anything the first five or six years I was tattooing because I was so focused on tattooing. So anything I wasn't already into, I didn't add to the list. But now, dude, I didn't think about that. I'll text Eric as soon as we <laughs> yeah. get off here and be like, hey, can you give me private lessons and not break my back? Because, yeah, like, there's all these guys in there that they get super competitive and not to a point where it's like I'm going to beat him in points. Like, they're going to try to hurt each other uh and those guys usually don't last long from what I've seen It seems like they'll you know they'll have a white belt for six months and then yeah no stripes get put on it and that's not enough for them so they leave um which I think is probably for the best like the school my kid goes to it's a it's a Gracie school and uh the <laughs> the ranking thing I didn't realize how slow it was and even for the kids like the kids ranking system is different and they have more belts and all that but like it takes forever there's like two gray belts in the class i think they've but one of them's my son and he's been going for almost three years and uh one of the other ones has been doing it since he was like two because his dad's a coach so so like seeing this i don't know what's normal but i know i see at the tournaments i'll see a kid rocking a belt that i don't think is possible at his age or like a teenager that's a black yeah. belt um or i guess not a team like a you know 19 20 year old um and it just seems kind of crazy and then they'll get beat by somebody that's like one rank below them i know they don't pair almost like that way anyway but uh like my kid when he was at his first tournament he'd been doing it for like 6 months and he did really well and that got him all pumped up on it and he's been obsessed since then and then right now i'm afraid we're going to have to like, I feel like we have to go to a tournament to get him back into it. I don't know. Well, if you get so long into long it and you do it anything. with
1: him, that might get him back into it, right?
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I didn't even think about it that way. Because that was the original thing was I was like, man, I like, like right now we, uh, we shoot a little bit of archery in the backyard together. And we both like to break shit and put it back together. And anything that I'm making, he likes power tools. So if we're building something, he likes to get into that. But basically, if I do it, it's cool. Yeah. And I know he's he's sick, so he's going to outgrow that phase pretty soon. Well, so. you can do
1: online classes. Jiu-Jitsu is a good and one. Maybe that'll change that. Do simple um, um, you know, stuff with him in, in the living room or whatever. You can do that, too, if you want to kill.
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like if I could get – I mean, I don't know if I should say this on here. I, I'll have to ask Derek anyway. So – the jujitsu gym closed way before the thing was put out that we had to close businesses like that, like gyms and all that were the first thing to close, but their coach is like, he's not worried about the money. He's worried about everybody's health. So right out the gate, he was like, Oh dude, this COVID thing is looking pretty serious. Let's close down. Um, But I bet if I could get us both a test to prove we didn't have it, uh, I could start doing less. Of, well, no, because then I'm, never mind, just, I'd be exposing so myself close, to somebody. Right? I was I mean, going to say, I have to get a test every It's literally so.
1: the opposite of quarantine. Right? It's You're getting as close as you can with somebody. <laughs> yeah. As close as with somebody.
0: Yeah, I've, I've uh, watched a I lot. There's a lot of sweat a all over the, the
1: place. <laughs> you yeah. can shut down because I was like, I got ready and uh, i was about to go to class and i sat on my couch and this is when the news was on and my wife like did so much research on it and she like was worried about it before anyone even cared and so i was like damn it just you know what it feels too weird i can't do it and i didn't go Yeah.
0: yeah that's i've heard of some tattooers too that they were kind of ahead of it and I mean, probably the ones that are already financially stable, too. A lot of people probably couldn't take this much time off, but you know, two months before I was told I'm not allowed to work, there were some tattooers that had already stopped working. And two months before then, I had only heard the word coronavirus once without, like, reading it on the back of a label of something I used to clean the shop. So, it was, it was kind of weird. I was like, why the fuck is this guy not tattooing? I didn't know it was that serious. I thought you know, with the previous things, I don't know how things work in Canada, but in the United States, people freak the fuck out of yeah. everything. So we have this like boy that cried wolf thing. So I wasn't, wor- I mean, until, uh, man, it was probably only two weeks before we shut everything down that I actually started paying attention to it and thinking it was real because we had, you know, the Ebola thing and uh, bird flu, swine flu, it seems like every year and I also don't use right. Facebook, so I'm, like, one month behind on on news, because that's where everybody gets the news. But I, I wasn't paying attention to any of that, and then when I found out, it's like, this is a really serious thing, that's when I started coming up with what we're going to do at the shop, and uh, not long after that, you know, they took care of that for me, so I don't have to uh, figure anything out, I guess. But going back in, do you have a plan for, like, how, when we go back to tattooing, like, you I don't see a problem with it. Now. What's Pretty wrong good, with my protocol? So if everybody wears a mask, but How do you- does the
1: virus get outside of my body onto a surface or into your body? Right. This is not a ghost. It's not some sort of mythical creature. We know kind of right. what this is. Kind of right. And
0: th- yeah. right. Well, we know it needs a liquid to get out of the body. So I mean that, like that alone, it's not like you're gonna breathe it through the mask right into your mouth. If you're both right. wearing a mask, if one so, mask I is mean, half belly, both other people are wearing a mask.
1: so Nobody's yeah. virus is getting outside of their body onto the surface or into the air. Right. Because let's say you touch something two days ago and you're in that two day asymptomatic period where you don't have symptoms yet. You know, your protocols are for if that happens, right. Or if you're one of the asymptomatic carriers and you know, if you wipe everything right. down, if there's just two people in the shop at one time, let's say. So you have a busy shop, I guess. Like, how many people you got working for you?
0: Well, we have a total of six regular. Well, okay, there's four, two people at each shop all the time. Right. We'll just put it that way. There's there's like yeah. six people, but there's so, kind of five. It's it's weird. We got a part time guy and all that, but yeah. But there's at the street shop. There's people yeah, in and out. Only. And so only have I was we just go to appointment only two for Two people
1: while. in the studio at a time, the client and the tattooer. And so then you would have morning shift and night shift, right? You'd right. Have, to have an hour in between to clean everything, just you know, just to be safe. So yeah. I don't see a, a problem with it if um, we do those types of protocols. Like how how am I going to get infected? How is that person going to get infected? Either they're right. lying to us about how it's transmitted or our protocols will be adequate.
0: Yeah, and I think, I mean, on the, in the defense of the government, if, if I was running the country, I would not trust a bunch of tattooers to do everything the way we're doing it because I wouldn't know what they're used to doing. Um, so I feel like it's like, yes, what you're doing, for sure, everything's fine. But the problem is we have to worry about that guy that already wasn't putting a clip cord sleeve on and already was like answering the phone with his gloves on and shit. And and then he's taking that, that work ethic and that sanitation ethic into his, you know, oh, well, it's just kind of a little virus thing. Or somebody goes, hey, is it cool if I take the mask off and then both masks end up off? So there's some people that just don't follow protocols very well. Um, but for you and like, I think that's kind of what I was thinking going back in for my shops. Like just tell everybody, Hey, Jason, you, you do, you start at four. I'll start at nine in the morning. You start at four. I'll be out of there. I clean when you get there. If your appointment's at four, I want you to come in at like three fifteen and go ahead and wipe everything down that anybody could have possibly touched. I'll do the same on my way out. So if one of us misses something, it got hit. Yeah. Uh, and if, if we both hit it, it got hit twice. So it doesn't really matter. And then your client, and I mean, if you wanted to be extra careful, you could give your client a pair of gloves and, and say, Hey, every time you, you know, get out from this chair, and go touch something, just change gloves and just one more thing. So in case they didn't do a good job washing their hands or, or whatever, I mean, there's a lot yeah. of things we could do that would make it where I don't think it would be a concern. Yeah. But there's a lot well, of people that would not like, follow right? those. Like, nothing's perfect. Those perfect. So,
1: some, some people, you know, sniff cocaine that might have fentanyl in it. And, right. You know, they I, right so so peeps a lot of people they don't care about their yeah anyway they don't care about a lot of stuff and it is what it is right
0: yeah yeah my my thing is i wish viruses worked in a way where it had to be the person yeah. that fucked up that gets it not everybody they went around like it'd be nice if if just just the guy that sniffs the cocaine that might have fentanyl in yeah. it also is the guy that because he didn't wear a mask or didn't do whatever whatever their their artist asked him to or whatever. I mean, because the thing is, like you could have somebody come in, you're treating everything in a way that you have it under control. There's almost no way for you to get it, which means there's almost no way for you to pass it to anybody else, but you still have a problem with people that just don't listen in general. And then when they do, it doesn't affect them. It affects everybody around them more. So that's I fucking hate this shit right now. <laughs> this whole virus thing's freaking me out. Um, but the whole, uh, like private studio versus having a, a street shop, do you think this will, I am sure this is going to shut conventions down for a while, but do you think the whole coronavirus thing is going to change the way people treat tattooing in a lot of places that were previously half and half, like uh, the shop, will just go to appointment only and they'll like I it. So we'll stay to that it? more people are going to start
1: tattooing in their house and they're going to like that better. And they're going to like that private, more appointment only. And then the shops like you that do more, um, that are shifting towards appointment only. I think people will start to like it. And I think um, some of the clients might like it too.
0: Yeah. Well, previous to this, the whole coronavirus thing, I've been saying for a couple of years now that I think the future of tattooing looks something like You'll have your street shops where people go for their little Pinterest tattoos, the little bangers, not necessarily stupid stuff, just the smaller ones that take less than an hour. And everything at that shop will be walk-in. And then you'll have your appointment shops where you get more serious tattoos. And I think I think this might change that, but that's kind of the projection I saw. I was like, I keep seeing more private studios and more like I call my my place that I work a private studio, but it's ta- I mean, it's like me and another artist. And so it's not just you and the artist, but it's like, there's no business hours. It's appointment only. We do our consultations by schedule. If we have them, I I do all my stuff. Like I just book it and I clear out the whole day for one person and I plan it all out right yeah. there. And if for some reason that doesn't work out, we just have them come back a different day. But, but there's no, like, there's absolutely no people walking in. And I never thought about that as a sanitation thing until now. Yeah. And now I'm looking. I'm like, fuck! If everybody's got like, this virus, I already, I already that's have great. That we can lock the door
1: just because um, I like to wear it but, sometimes. And if I'm tattooing someone's chest and I'm right up in their face, or mm-hmm. if I'm sick or they're sick, just on a normal day, gotta put a mask on.
0: Yeah. Yep. We had we had a box of masks at the shop too, um, and they almost never get used. It's like if I'm feeling like I might have a little fever, but I, I don't, I'm not officially sick. I'm just like, oh, I don't feel well. I would put one on to protect yeah. my client. And then like you said, if they're sick, you know, if it makes me feel better, I'll put one on. Um, and that's about all they got used for. And now I ended up giving up. I think I have like five left. I gave away so many of them. I gave some to the kids jujitsu coach cause he has a construction company. So he's in and out of people's houses still working. And uh One of my wife's friends who's a home health nurse, her employer did not provide her with a mask. So she's going taking care of elderly people in their house and going from house to house all day. And she doesn't get a mask. And I thought that was fucking crazy. I'm like, I'm gonna tattoo if I have a mask, how do they not have it? Like it's a fucking place that has it's I don't know, I guess it's a home health. Yeah. But th- how did they not already have I mean, them, you know like no one a year supply have just stacked back
1: we would have needed all these masks like what's something
0: I get yeah I mean i I just feel like for home health like we're talking about like it's like hospice like I would assume they'd be wearing a mask anyway so maybe maybe her employer had to give masks to like the emergency rooms or something but just to me it sounded kind of like um Nobody could have predicted this. I understand that. But it's like if a tattoo shop ran out of paper towels. To me, that would seem weird too. Even if Sam's or Walmart or wherever you go for your paper towels ran out of paper towels for a month. Well, hey, what if – We would have paper towels. Maybe I'm a hoarder. I
1: don't know. I just – Was working at 500% capacity. Then there would be enough paper towels. Yeah. Yeah, like five 500, five hundred five thousand. That's true. If everybody was doing Friday like the Thirteenth all at once, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's and that's kind of
0: where. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious, like, if people I feel like somebody out there, some fucking asshole, probably has like a big case of them in his garage, and is just waiting until he can sell them. Like we had a there was a van parked in a parking lot, and. It, it pissed me off so bad. They had a sign that said $10 mask and they had shitty masks like little, like the ones probably not as good as the ones that you and I have that are almost paper that they were selling for $10 and people were fucking buying them. And we have a thing in our state that said you can't, you can't do any kind of price increase by more than 10% um, during this time. Like no matter if you would have gone up on price anyway, everything has to stay within 10% of its original price point to prevent things like this and these people just said fuck it we'll do a cash only van sell and just sell our surplus of mask and i mean i saw it yeah. and i was like there's no way that's fucking serious because i just gave away like 90 of them why like um but i yeah. feel like there's probably yep. some stockpile somewhere that somebody's holding out on um but yeah i never i guess i never thought of how much how much capacity okay. like you're, you're right. They're literally going 500 100%. times more traffic than they used to. So that would definitely burn through a lot of your equipment. But out there is like, are people, at least the people that um, have it, are RCU, decent or are is it kind of hard to get capacity. in or how are the hospitals? In? Um,
1: we are on the West coast. So all the planes fly in from Europe, they stop in Toronto and on more on the East coast and our population density isn't really like even in metro vancouver we only have like 2.5 million and
0: and that's a pretty
1: big it's pretty big it's based out right as far as land is Um, concerned it's a very big area the place that's hit the hardest is montreal okay which is a big city and that's in quebec that's like the french part of canada and i don't know they're kissing each other all the time Know, they're acting all european yeah. montreal i like being in europe and um, <laughs> they got hit the hardest and they're just um yeah. maybe they don't want to social distance as much their culture is different over there and so we're actually for the bigger areas in canada we're actually the, doing the best
0: okay well that's good to hear i mean i i didn't I don't know the way that the news is covered here it's like if you watch anything it doesn't cover anything outside of the U.S. unless it makes another country look bad and it doesn't um you have to like look for information like I would have to go google search what parts of Canada I want to know about there's no information coming out as it's not the same thing we heard yesterday with just slightly different numbers um so everybody's kind of like I don't want to say we're in the dark like obviously you could find it we have the internet but most people are kind of going to the news and we're hearing the same shit every day. So I don't know what's going on anywhere outside of the United States. Um, I know uh, Italy got hit really hard and kind of the culture you talked about with the the French side of Canada. I mean, it makes sense that in Italy, I think they, you know, they might have a three story house with three generations of the family living in different stories. And they're they're very social people. There's lots of hugging and uh I think there's lots of kissing. I don't know. I've only been once, but I feel like they, they greet people with a kiss on the cheek and Dude, shit. Where this here is it's like, fist I'll fist bump era. you. I'm like this scared to shake really so. hands
1: takes over everything. This is it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. The future is fist bumps. Yeah. You should make a bumper sticker. We should make bumper stickers just to get extra yeah. income while we're, while we're waiting to tattoo again. So bumper stickers that say fist bump is the future um so i already mentioned your protocol video um but you also had a thing about like home workouts and shit that i saw that i really liked um as a tattooer like you obviously you have a bigger following than you know if you were just a regular guy that posts pictures of your dog or whatever um do you feel like it's almost a responsibility of yours it seems like you're taking it on yourself to try to really actually help people and not doing like this is what i'm doing you should do it too but like actually well, helping my thing, by saying, yeah, Hey, like, here's a cool um, idea. Is I'm that kind of your a mindset of Am I I getting just getting that out right?
1: A workout video? What, right. Like there's so, well, I did get a lot. Of no, it's,
0: I, I guarantee you you got like, at least 30 people like to fucking video, like, work out like, oh, that want to have see-
1: useful workout video I've seen so far. Um, and I just tried to make it simple. Right. I wasn't trying to over use like, um, overly like any big words, any big terms, um, I hate how people do that. Like it, I just try to talk to people like they're normal, make it simple so they can get it. You can do this, you can do that and try to make it easy and simple. So um, what I love to do, right. I love to listen to podcasts that are self-help. Not, not all the time, but I, I, I love it. And I listen to like the Rogan, I listen to Jocko Willink, um, audiobooks and stuff like that. So I actually get like really good value from listening to stuff like that. So that's where I kind of get it from and.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Like Jocko is one of those. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I can't watch a Jocko video unless I got time to go do some shit. <laughs> Cause he'll make yeah. you reschedule uh, your whole day. Jocko.
1: I've been ever like, since uh, like day uh, one. That dude makes I everybody feel
0: like a day. bitch. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he's, he's an impressive individual. He's, he's kind of scary. For a person like me that's like, I would call myself normal. Like, I, I don't mind jogging, but I'm not trying to do everything all at once. Up he at makes me feel lazy no matter how Every hard I no work. No so it's, it's a good thing. We need more Before, people like him for sure. 14, he's up. Yeah. I know. I was. Yeah, I, uh. That's one thing about this thing. It's thrown my schedule off, but I find myself waking up really early no matter what. Like, my whole schedule throughout the day is off, except I'm always awake at, like... I mean, I say early. Early for a tattooer, in my opinion, is, like, 8 a.m. Like, I I don't have to be at work till 11.30. So I'm usually up at, like, 7.30 or 8, and I don't know what to do with myself because, like, one of my kids is awake, and that's about it. Um, But, I mean, it's the time with the kids has been really cool for sure, the whole sitting around thing is not cool i've like we rearranged our yeah. garage today and just we're getting all kinds of shit done because I, I don't know how to not do stuff um but uh man where was I? I i had a few things like my we're at like an hour now and i have a few things i wanted to i like looked at your instagram and i was like There's a few specific things i got to cover just because i'm curious um after this whole thing do you think people will realize that money's not quite as important as we previously thought because I know that's definitely happening in my head. I'm like not near as worried about money, worried or at about. least making money constantly as it used to be. Go on. Uh, like, do you think people will learn to stack back their money and then? So, do I what? Was,
1: I was just gonna say,
0: it's cutting out. I'm like, sorry. I
1: think people should worry more you know? about making money and saving money and really. But here's the thing. you got to put your money in the right place, right? You can't be uh, buying 20 pairs of shoes and going on vacations three times a year. Cut that down to once a year. Don't be eating out all the time. Don't be buying all this jewelry and don't be buying rims for your car like you you've got to put your money in the right place.
0: Right. Well, my thing, what what got me to, I wrote that question down. That was one of the few ones that I was like, I really i am curious about other people's opinion, especially tattooers. I've always stacked back as much money as I could until fairly recently. And then I was like, I got to that point where I became kind of complacent. So I think this will kick me back into that, like really good stack back as much as you can make sure your savings account looks great mindset. But also it's like this thing where I'm realizing that, the amount of money I have and the amount of money my, my friends have and shit, it doesn't really provide full blown security unless we're talking fucking millions. So it kind of like this and the things people are buying, like, I mean, nobody's wearing their fucking Gucci flip flops out and showing off right now. You know, nobody cares about what kind of watch you have right now or what kind of jewelry or the rims on your car or any of that. Mm -hmm. So I, maybe I I guess the question wasn't as much about money, but just material things like people chasing that. I think people should become really full well, after this, if that, you're, if you're you know, rich, whatever you money you they do make saving you 25% spend your of money them. on,
1: you know, cars uh, and but, tattoos. And that's cool. Like it's about what percentage <laughs> of your income are you spending, right? Like some, someone's entertainment leisure fund for the month might be two, 300, right. but for a rich guy, it might be two, 3000 or 30,000. Right. So it's about the percentages, right? Here's what makes the world go round. It's not money. It's, it's business. Business has always made right. the world go round. What it's services. It's what can you do for me? What can I do for you? It's not money. If I need you to trade, if I got to trade something with you, um, how do we even figure that out? Well, we have this thing called money. You know what I'm saying? So So if you are giving good service to people and you're working hard and you have something that yeah. people want, you're going to be fine. If you just have dollars, like the dollar can dip down and you could lose your savings. If it's not, you can lose stocks. But if you give people something that they want and need, then you're good to go. And if you have have that across multiple markets, like if you do tattooing and you have rental properties and your wife's a nurse, but you also sell stuff online and you also have a podcast and a YouTube, like then you're going to be like, you're going to know how to pivot in whatever environment you're at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When this, when this hit and like, it was a few days before I thought for sure, I'm not going to be able to work, you know, really soon. I was talking to my wife about it. And the first thing, the first good thing (laughs) that came to my head that, that wasn't like negative and like, Oh, what are we going to do? And parent, you know, I got panicked a little bit, but I was like, Oh, I still know how to paint cars. I still know how to weld. I still know, you know, all these skills I've used before I can fall back on them. We have, uh we're growing like a legal amount for uh our personal consumption for uh cannabis here but I know how to grow weed pretty good and I have a page based on it so I could probably figure out a way to like get some ads on that I could push the podcast harder and I started just going to all these different things and I was like oh we're gonna be fine're gonna... it's not it's not money it's yeah your m- my work ethic and ability to earn whatever it is it doesn't have to be dollars like you just said so that was one thing yeah just and just having skills that I mean, you know, when the economy is super bad, people want less tattoos, or they don't want less, they should be less likely to get tattoos, because it's kind of a luxury item. But people will still need medicine. So if you like, if I had a commercial grow, rather than just growing my personal, whatever, uh, that would be a smart move right now. And so it's made me think about, like, I I used to uh, get really diverse on how I would make my money. I was like, I mean, when I was a little kid, I would go get stuff out of the trash and sell it on the newspaper oh, you're a true until officer. I could buy a car. And then I would start like fixing people's cars with shit. I didn't know what I was doing, but uh, yeah. Oh dude. Since I was like a little kid, I mean, my I, I don't remember it, but my mom said I was quoting Bible verses for people when I was three and asking for money for it. Like when I was a little kid, just being cute. But now it's like, I pretty much just put everything into tattooing and then I recently started going oh you have more time than just this like like my kids can help me with certain stuff the only thing my kids can't really be there for is the tattooing everything else I do I can do with my kids so I don't have the excuse of I don't have time for that because the only thing I do with my time that's not work is hanging out with my kids um so I started bringing them into different things that I'm into and like my daughter wants to start a podcast and she (laughs) you know we we put a uh, app on a phone for her and so she could kind of just kind of record with the phone in uh in her bedroom and she's trying to figure it out on her own and anchor the company i publish it through they'll give you an ad like right out the gate and i was thinking if she's nine and she can put it together without my help that Hell would be yeah. the best commercial ever for for the platform she's using like she didn't need her dad's help to put a fucking podcast out so so yeah, I think everything's like for me and a lot of people like you and I, I think everything's fine. But I'm curious when we go back to tattooing, if it's going to be like crazy, you know, everybody's booked for six months well, or I, if people I'll are scared to I mean, be around people or scared to spend money or what's going to affect
1: out, right? it. So and I have people no idea. Who have how it's going. Good relationships with their clients who weren't all stuck up, who worked with them and gave them a really good experience and a good service and just were a good did a good tattoo and gave a good experience, they are going to be fine. And the ones who just, uh, were, you know, showing up late and not getting back to people and, you know, getting annoyed if the person doesn't like the drawing and just being kind of weird about it, those people aren't going to be as busy, but the people who have been doing well, they're going to be busy again. And the cream is always going to rise to the top, right? In these situations, bottom just gets washed out. And we see who's really real and who's really um, been doing well.
0: Yeah. I hope that's how it goes. That that sounds pretty accurate. I mean, like, I think this is one of those things nobody can fully predict, but it, I mean, that sounds about as logical as it gets. And the thing with, I mean, I've told every one of my tattooer friends for the last three or four years, like, there's a level of building a relationship with your client where you will get more high-quality clients, and I don't mean high-quality to make them sound like an item, but you get more of those good clients that work with you, that want your art, that understand you know, this is how it's got to work, that also come to you with good ideas and have money in their pocket and are on time and all that. If you treat everybody as good as you absolutely can, and I, like, I know so many tattooers that are nice to me that are dickheads to their clients. I'm like, dude, if you want to be a dickhead, be a dickhead to me. I'm going to still be here. I'm yeah. your friend. Like, go be nice to the guy that you have to earn his trust. Like, that's the guy to be nice to. Use that energy on him.
1: Oh, 100%. And man. so they, I'm guessing, like, some of my it. friends are
0: going to have a rough time. That's right? what you're saying. But, but it's. Yeah. No, and that's, and that's fine. I mean, that's kind of like, that's, we need, I think we need, uh, our clients, I don't know if it's the same everywhere, but around here, our clients actually don't expect us to be on time and don't expect us to be polite. And they're completely shocked when everybody at my shop is always there before their client. Like if they have an appointment at one, the latest anybody's showing up is like 1250. I mean, most of us are, right. if, if you have an appointment at one, most of us are at 12, you know, 1130, 1145, like an hour or more early. Um, so They still, the first three or four times they get tattooed, they're like blown away that we're on time. We have our stuff ready. We're polite. Everything's getting cleaned correctly. And it's almost like they think that that's weird. And I've had this conversation with some of my clients like, hey, do you not expect us to be nice to you? And they're like, no, I just, you know, tattooers are assholes. And I'm like, no, they're not. (laughs) Like, where the fuck are you at that these tattooers are so mean to you? And then I'll go to a convention and then I remember what they, like why they think that. Like you'll run into... You know, the three or four dickheads that are at every convention are the ones you remember, or at least I remember, as the guy that just kind of made it not as fun to be there. And those guys are the one that, when a client sees them, that's what they think a tattooer is for some reason. And I think we're finally getting away from that. Like, I think people expect a little more. But I feel like our clients having low expectations is bad. Um, And it's like, it's allowing people to act like that. But hopefully, like you said, this will probably eliminate half those people at least. And I mean, I've never thought of it as a positive for businesses to go out, but there's some businesses that need to go out of business. So a lot of a lot of gyms and a lot of restaurants. You know, maybe it's a good business. thing. Maybe that's there's the thing. there's a blessing.
1: Like, but that go out of business, they have the highest rate of bankruptcy, just period.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the ones I'm worried about is restaurants. I feel like a lot of them, I don't know how things are working around your area, but we have a lot of them that are doing really good on just takeout and delivery. And it's probably nothing near what they're used to, but I'm pretty sure they're still going to be okay. And then the gyms, I have no idea how they're going to bounce back. I mean, there's so many gyms. And when I say gyms, I'm lumping in like the YMCA with the jujitsu gym, just anything that you're relying on memberships and things, people are going to cancel their membership. Like they're not, they're right. not paying $20 a month for your gym membership or whatever it is while they're worried about money. Cause they're not getting paid right now. So even the ones that like the big major companies that have subscriptions that are auto-drafting out of people's accounts, I can't see half of them staying in business. And I don't like, like, I don't know how that's going to work out for them. Um, I mean, it's yeah. good. that I guess they and could I mean, get a loan. So someone else, but is that's gonna, not a like great they, idea every they're time. They're gonna either, go out, so. and
1: then someone else is gonna buy.
0: That's them gonna it
1: and, and that might come back in and be a manager, and then eventually get the business again. Like, who knows, right? Like, they're gonna be moving and yeah. shaking. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, hopefully, I mean, it seems like most of the people I've met that own gyms are aggressive business people that, that get shit done and I think to own a gym like for all the equipment you have to buy it's not exactly easy to open a gym so I'm guessing a lot of those people have you know some level of work ethic that's just going to fix some of their problems and also some of the there's only one I can think of right now that I like remember the guy and talking to him he owns a bunch of rental properties he has a real job and he owns a gym so you know his other incomes could support his bills for the gym for a couple months. But I mean, it, it also, I guess all that depends on how long this thing goes on. Like with Lawton where I live, we just, uh, like I said, they opened up retail again just to get money back into the, they want the economy working. And, uh, I think that's going to mean in about two more months, we're going to have a bunch of sick people and we'll have the same issue. All the other cities had last month again in a couple weeks. Um, so that, that might put some of those faces out. Um, sorry, I was, I was reading a bunch of shit I wrote down and I didn't know what all. Um, so with the whole not tattooing thing, one other thing, are you drawing or, or painting or anything that kind of gets your artistic energy out or gets uh like yeah i'm doing some, some drawings or you're just iPad. basically working out and hanging out um, with the kids still like getting designs
1: done for clients right people are still like booking appointments for like the future um which is weird but they are yeah
0: yeah that was i've had a few people ask and i've just been telling them I don't want to commit to any dates that, I mean, I think what I'm going to have to do in the next couple of weeks is just book like, you know, four months out or something. Yeah. And just tell them, Hey, if you want to like lock that appointment in right now, we can do it. I just don't know when everything's going to be normal again. Um, so I like how yeah. far out are you like my normal, like, is it far enough? your sure normal sure for looking like like I mean,
1: you said your clients bed. are flexible anyway, so, so I guess it doesn't matter that much. So that's I'm doing, that's fine. Um, but I'm still trying to give people value. I'm still trying to uh, do their designs and send it to them and, you know, you know, put my logo on it and have different angles. If it's a sleeve, right. Um, make it look cool, make it look like it's on their arm. So I'm still hooking people up and, um, yeah, I haven't done any painting. I've done so much painting over the years. Like I started out doing graffiti and then I started doing a lot of just acrylic painting and I just kind of burned myself out with that. Um, but maybe I'll do a few, like, do a few graffiti murals here when it gets, the weather gets a little nicer. I, I might. We'll see. Yeah, I'm doing a few things. Yeah. I'm working out and I'm hanging out with the kid. And um, that's kind of what I'm doing.
0: Well, I thought for sure. Sh- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought for sure I was going to get a lot of drawing done. And a lot of painting, and I was so excited because I had a lot of ideas I wanted to paint. And then basically, uh, right now I'm locked in my wife's massage studio, which is separate from our house a little bit. <laughs> but um, basically, if I don't do this and lock myself away from the kids, it's constant. You know, I have three, so so there's always something going on. And I haven't had—I think I've done two designs on the iPad. And I don't mean like not drawing from scratch, just right. like kind of throwing some stuff together the way I would normally do a portrait with like a little background behind it, just so that I'm doing something. And that's like staying up late to do that. Like that's, I have to stay up till, you know, really late because my kids are up at all hours now. I mean, they're, they're all used to doing so much stuff when we took them out of, uh, dance and jujitsu and gymnastics, it's like, well, yeah, they're going to have a lot of energy. So they're just riding bikes all day and, um, but we're all up late and I'm not making time to do near as much art yeah. stuff as I want. So I think I'm gonna start when I go to the shop to do a podcast, like just stay an hour after to draw, just just so I'm drawing. Like I I mean, it's one of those things I'm like, should I yeah. lose sleep and we'll get down sleep. to like four just hours a night just to do this it, drawing right? well, that I'm not gonna tattoo well. for a month? Or... <laughs> and it's kinda hard to justify at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think I'm just just schedule it like it's an appointment and treat it like it's a tattoo. Yeah, that's kind of what I think I have to do at this point. Because I mean, it's been, you know, three weeks since I've really, really done something that took hours and hours and and got into it. I did a cool design the other day on my iPad that probably took me two and a half. Um, and that was like a full blown design from scratch. But other than that, it's just been throwing some shit together just to make sure I don't forget how to do it. Um, yeah. Which is a weird feeling. And I, I hope it doesn't, i hope it helps my creativity somehow i hope like a little break is good but i don't know but uh do you have uh one any more thing with for, for new for and young clients. tattooers coming so up uh, before we get done and with and this they, thing or anything else you want to add
1: me like a 500 hundred dollar deposit right and so i expect as this thing goes on there's going to be some people that are going to cancel and fall out right but let's say um i send them a A picture of their design, their tattoo, what it's going to look like, and it looks sick and it's dope, and they are really excited on it. That's going to make them rethink canceling it. They're going to be like, "Oh damn, I could have that, and all the ladies are going to love it, and I'm going to look old." And man, okay, well, maybe maybe I'll get half. Maybe I won't get a full sleeve but I'll get the half. (laughs) Or let's say they want to want their deposit back. Well, hey, listen, dude, I put in all this time in your design. You can get it maybe next year or you can have that and maybe i'll only give them a, a portion of their deposit back even though right. it's unrefundable but i'm like trying to work with people too right fair and because well i was just gonna say like hey like that's um, i think that's yeah fair, doing the right thing there so that was just a that
0: was the thing thread. i'm sorry go ahead No, I I agree with that. And one thing I've seen a lot of people doing is, I mean, I haven't seen any GoFundMe or anything, thankfully, but I've seen a lot of people saying, hey, I'm selling gift cards or whatever, but they're giving a discount, like a huge discount for their time. I saw a guy, he's usually, he's in uh, like Ireland, um, and he's usually 750 euros for a day, but what they call a day, I think is like six hours. Um, And he was selling gift cards for a full day for 200 euros. And I was like, Dude, you could probably just get deposits. <laughs> like, if you're just trying to, if you're just trying to scrape together 200 a day, you could just get deposits, and and then give yeah. these people what they actually are wanting, and then you know earn the money and get a, and then you don't have to worry about later working for almost nothing. Um, but that was that's a really good point. Like, usually I actually don't try to send stuff to my clients ahead of time. I never thought about the fact that that would get them very psyched. Like they would be super into it and be like, and right now that's the time to do it for sure. Cause you know, if you're thinking, Hey, money's a little tight, maybe I should push this back a year. Then you'll push it back a year, but you'll still get tattooed by the same person and get the same design and not go get something little to fulfill. your just wanting a tattoo. That's that's genius, man. Um, And you're, when you say $500 deposit, I'm assuming you're like on a large scale thing, you're talking like, 500 applies to the whole like um i don't do a lot thing, of smaller or, tattoos but if i do i'll get take a up front positive.
1: even if you're just doing uh Small- like a smaller piece pay for you know if it'll be 200 or one it'll usually just pay for the tattoo like prepaid okay like an yeah
0: i have um right yeah i've done that a few times on smaller ones like actually I had one one time I, I got a deposit and then I tattooed this girl for like 15 minutes. And I was like, well, here's 80 bucks back. Cause you know, my deposit's too much for this. Um, but my, like, I just do 180 for a deposit, but usually I'm tattooing uh, like a six or seven hour piece. And then if I have somebody that's getting a, like a full sleeve or something and we're really planning out a big piece, um, I still just do 150 per appointment. Like I, I do, the first appointment, schedule, get 180 down, and then get full payment when I'm done with that day. And then schedule them another appointment for later and give them a week or two to pay the next deposit. So there's like a little gap there. But most people I know that do larger scale work, they get the biggest deposit they can off. Like, yeah, that's right how I do front, it now. I used just, to take
1: it off. It applies to the like last session, even if it's session. you know six
0: or seven sessions. Is and that, that kind of how you're doing it? That
1: would be like that 100 would just kind of go to me. Um, some sometimes I wouldn't take it off. Sometimes right. I would, depending on the situation. And then a hundred dollars of that deposit is just like drawing time, just drawing fee, go straight.
0: Right. Well, yeah. The the amount of work you're putting in on these designs, like I I feel like getting five hundred up front is real smart. Because, I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll I'll get sucked into a design, pre tattoo, and spend almost yeah. as much time designing it as it takes well sometimes and uh like depending on how much time
1: i do a design if i have like two hours to do it i do it in two hours and it looks great it turns out great but then if i have like you know i spend an hour here and then the next day i work another couple hours Mm -hmm. on it or something like if sometimes if i don't have my schedule i just kind of waste time and i take too much time i'm not efficient you know what i'm saying it's with this quarantine if Without, you know, without a schedule, where does the time go? It's like 10.30. Right. And all I've done is drink coffee and watch YouTube, right? Some days. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> That's
0: a, that sounds like a good day, though. Well, like, you need one of those a month for sure. Well, um, one thing... About, I mean, you're just talking efficiency in general. One thing at every seminar I've been to in the last couple of years, uh, it seems like they touch on not not wasting time. Like, that's a huge thing for your client, too. Like, if you're in there, you know, doing a little bit and then you're like, oh, I'm going to go grab a coffee real quick and you're like sitting around the shop or you're just tattooing slow or you're being distracted or whatever, that person suffers for longer. And the longer they suffer, the worse the suffering gets. So yeah. just that part alone I feel like like hearing that's nice like you 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 get a 2 hour block you utilize that 2 hours and you get it done um I went through a phase where I felt like I was tattooing too fast so I tried to like step back and look at it to see if I could get anything further quality wise and it turns out I'm just fucking crazy like it's uh efficient like doing a tattoo pretty fast and not overthinking it seems to get the best result for me um I don't know if that's everybody though I just I feel like when when I have, let's say, I, I think it's going to be six hours. Right. I'm not trying to like beat the clock. Well, or whatever, every tattoo
1: has a. Usually, I hope it's done in five. So go, you know, you try know, to do it official. But with me, there has been times where I'm like, oh, yeah, like I kind of rushed that. I could see, and then I started. Okay, let, let me slow down and just really pimp this thing out nice. And then I did that. and It only took me an extra half hour to do it. I'm
0: Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's so minor. Like if you have like, I don't know if you've ever done anything with like lots of beads in it. Uh, That's one that always gets me anything with like, let's say it's not like just a little rosary or something, but something with tons of little tiny circles that the first one you go, oh, that was easy. And the first 200 maybe are easy and you make them look dope. And then something happens in my head where I start getting lazy. And I have to convince myself that each of those beads needs to be better than the first three I did. And, like, literally look back at it and compare and go, is that one better? Or I'll start getting lazy. But I guess as long as you know that, it's a good way to keep yourself from getting lazy. But there's little shit like that that it's taken me so long to learn. Yeah, he that, was uh, – I met you at I the Texas Tech. I wish I knew how that worked when I first started. But, uh, do you know who Ty uh, Harris is? Okay,
1: yeah, at the educational thing. Yeah, he did a seminar. That's where,
0: okay, tattoos. I was like, man, I know this guy. I know I've met him in person once. I just couldn't, that's where it was. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Well, he uh, he's done a bunch of tattoos on me and he's as, as nice all the time as he is when you met him there, probably nicer. But uh, he's like super open with information even when you're not at a seminar. And one of the things he told me probably the third time I got tattooed by him is he was pointing out other artists and saying, look at this, like this guy doesn't tattoo anything other than dark and mid and he doesn't need all these bells and whistles, this dark, mid, couple highlights. He doesn't do all these super tricky blends, but he's your favorite tattooer. And I was like, yeah, that's true. And he was showing me a bunch of people. And now it's all different looks. Like you could make the same argument for like, uh, you know, Fred Thomas in Spain. Like, that dude, he leaves no skin untouched. If you look real close at it, there's, like, little light, super light tones everywhere. And there's really not much skin showing. But what Ty was pointing out to me has really changed the way I see tattoos. And he was like, dude, like, look at it like pop art. Like, look at it like like a stencil or sticker or, or, like, a graffiti thing. Like, you just stamped it. And then just add a little more than that. And that's it. And, like, um... He got me to step back from my tattoos a lot and look at them. Like I'd spend an hour yeah. or something and step back and look at it, and then realize all the shit I was about to add that I thought was going to be so cool would actually take away from the piece. And that's that's been yeah, one of the biggest. Yeah. that gr- anybody's too, told me so far, because as far as like sometimes with graffiti, you know, you're, tattoo you're in general is concerned, but and that and that affects your, your time a lot. Also. Like it, it.
1: When if you're starting out and you're doing it like illegally and you're doing it on the street and stuff,
0: yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm sure you're limited with time a lot. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. No. I well, don't how think serious
0: so. is that in but Canada? Of, like, are, are there like task force a for it and shit? And like there and are in America's LA or
1: city. And there's a lot of people doing graffiti. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I know here, um, if you get caught, I don't know if it's a felony always. I think it depends on the value of what you're putting it on. But I know you can get at least a $5,000 fine for it. Yeah, I got caught. And, uh, and it makes it a lot less fun That's to go do was, it. The like, night. Night. So you just start buying plywood to <laughs> and, like, and just, and just so here's doing what your what own happened. Um I started
1: doing like little sketches on my notepad and doing graffiti just on my binder and then was doing that all the time. And I never was that great of an artist, really, but I was just really good at sketching things and graffiti and faces. And then I was just in this advanced art class, and this older kid was like, "Oh yeah, what do you write? What do you?" And I was like, didn't know what that meant." And he was like, "Oh, well, why don't you um, come out and you uh, do graffiti with me one night?" And then so I bought some paint from the hardware store and and went out with them. And it was such a rush. and then I just got obsessed with it. and I was just like, like every night I would sneak out and um, sometimes with people, sometimes just by myself. And I just started painting everything. And then everybody start everyone started to know like kind of it was me because it was on my binder and everyone kind of knew. And then, yeah, it's, uh, I, then I got pulled something... into the office and the cop was there, the, the constable, and then I got caught yeah. and it was like a big deal. And um, I had all this money saved for, doing a a trip to San Francisco for the basketball team. And um, that all got put towards that got taken out. And then my parents, like they said that they were going to have to pay huge fines and they might have to lose the house. And there was a, you know, they had a huge file on me of all my tags. I didn't do every single one, but they had a big booklet with a bunch of stuff in there. And so it was kind of like, it was kind of a big deal. But what happened was like, I, I was a good kid. Like, I was a nice right. kid. I just did graffiti. So I got put through um, a youth diversion program. And what that is, is, like, you don't get a record or anything, and you just um, – you do community service, and you um, have a mentor for a bit. And you I painted a halfway house and worked at the food bank, and I actually got through it without having, like, any type of fine or criminal record. So I got really lucky doing that. And that's just my experience when I was, like, 15.
0: Well, yeah, that's, that sounds pretty serious. (laughs) Like like I didn't know some places, you know, you can go and get away with whatever, as long as you're not damaging somebody's, you know, the front of their business or whatever. And then there's some towns like the town I'm in. I mean, we have these, uh, these sign painters that get paid really big money to do pretty basic graphic designs on the side of buildings, like just to kind of make it look cooler. Um,
1: and I'm just looking at yeah. all of it.
0: and I'm like, Hey, I know so many guys that can do that in an hour with like 20 cans of spray paint and make it look dope. And they would do it for way cheaper. But, but those guys are going, risking it on a, you know, a train or something and then getting arrested. And it seems like half yeah. the tattooers I've met have, they've been arrested once for graffiti. It seems like. like, or, or if they haven't been arrested, it's at least been a close call or something. But uh in, uh, in Los Angeles, they have a legitimate task force dedicated to graffiti, and it's, like, a really big deal. And then you have guys that still, you know, get away with it and put it on their Instagram and all that. There's just and, too much uh, stuff going on. They I've always been kind of confused as to how they're yeah. getting away with putting it on Instagram when there's a task force out there trying to get you. Like, I, I... – yeah, they have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, LA is the most chaotic place I think I've ever been. There's so much – there's so much going on, and uh, I did a podcast with a guy that he's uh, he has a seed company that he started in L.A. Uh, underground and illegal before weed was legal, which is you know in the '90s. Um, and he said that like out there, I remember just telling him my little take of how I felt about L.A. And he was like, "Man, there's choppers all the time because there's literally always a real crime happening constantly. Yeah. there's never California, a minute that goes by without serious has, crime. As many people, and I was right.' Like, like, there's just so 30, many people; million. you can't not have crime." Um, okay, I didn't realize it was that serious. I knew there were. I mean, I know LA is like really cramped and crazy but the funny thing about California is there's still places you can go like where Jeff Norton, the guy that did mm-hmm. my bag. I don't know what the population of his town is, but it's little. It's like, I want to say 20,000. Well, yeah. There's it's little towns where, where, you know, there's spread the out pieces of land right. still that nobody's using except, you know, farmland or whatever. And yeah. Yeah. It's well, I don't know. I don't know about most, but it's a lot. I know um, the area that I live in, there's a ton of farms and then, uh, You know, like Kansas and uh, Omaha or uh, Nebraska have tons of farms. But yeah, California is a lot of farms, a lot of vineyards and all that. But the thing it gets known for is like the Los Angeles vibe. And when you drive through, like if you ever get a chance, drive uh, the Pacific Coast Highway, like the PCH where uh, Big Sur and all that stuff is. It's just this crazy open strip of land. There's like random houses on the side, but it doesn't even look like America. It looks like a different country and then i so like seeing all that and then hearing that they have more people than canada i didn't realize that like i've only been to canada twice and what uh, part? all the good stereotypes are real as fuck dude everybody was so nice to me um and everything seemed to be just happy and cool and nobody was rude um i went to toronto like that's where we flew into and then we went to a few towns around there uh I don't know where Legoland is, but it was not in Toronto. It was somewhere near there. Uh, yeah. We didn't really venture out too far from there. And then we stayed in a little, like, kind of, it seemed like a pretty rich town. I think it was called Harrison or something like that. Um, But there were, like, tons of G Wagons and, uh, like, a couple I, of Lamborghinis. I've and, never um, been just parked anywhere in, what in looked like normal houses all over the place with teenagers years. driving them. So um, my
1: dad Is, is Harrison,
0: like, am I getting, I might be confusing in America Harrison America with maybe,
1: somewhere else. And then he stopped in. Vancouver and that's how I met my oh, mom okay. the I states. Was born <laughs> in Wenatchee Washington and then we moved back up to Canada when I was still young and then I got family in Austin Texas oh cool and then I have family in Boise Idaho uh, oh so I usually would only go to Idaho like as a kid for like vacations to see all my dad's side and uh and then yeah just like been through through the states and you know Mexico and some of those tropical places for vacation. I haven't really explored Canada that much. For I don't even haven't.
0: That's crazy. Like I'm, yeah, like I'm pretty sure as soon Canada's as we it? get off of here, I'm gonna realize the name of it and that it wasn't Harrison, but it's something like that. It's like a little, it's like a suburb town near near Toronto. What? Well, oh, Toronto i oh, think so. Toronto so ha- i mean like i'll definitely i'll look toronto, it up because now i'm curious i'll look too. it up when we get done and i'll so, message you so, so you know where it's at just, just so i can tell you what it's that
1: better still
0: right yeah like i'm not so sure it was considered not i mean i just know it was technically not in toronto like as a town or whatever um but it was, I mean, we never drove more than three hours from, from the airport. So it wasn't like we got super far away. But there was tons of cool stuff out there and, like, all these little mom-and-pop restaurants that were really cool. And uh, I learned some fun things. <laughs> like, I didn't realize it wasn't standard at a lot of restaurants to pay with a card. And they would ask me if I needed the machine. I didn't even know what they were talking about. I was like, what do you mean the machine? <laughs> like, right. Do I need the machine? And then they would... Uh, and then once I figured it out, uh, I started paying with cash just so I didn't feel awkward asking for the machine. No, I've only been there a couple of uh, times. Yeah, dude, that like I had so much fun out there. Um, when you're in the States, dude, you go to Austin a lot? Oh, well, it's a it's a fun place. They have. Um, they have a graffiti park there where you can go legally, like tag whatever you want. I mean, same general respect rules go up, like don't cover somebody's tag uh you know find try to find a fresh spot that's already you might cover a corner whatever you have to get away with but um other than that it's pretty much a free-for-all and you can do whatever you want it's just this huge park it, it looks like a skate park it's just got all these like dips and bowls and all this stuff you can paint on and yeah uh, it's it's weird it's, it's like a town you watch in. it's just in a weird texas. town it's like <laughs> it's like texas mixed with california somehow Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's Especially if you've been to the other parts of Texas, like where I live is close to uh, the Texas border. And I actually used to work in Texas. And uh, it could not be more different from Austin, the town I was working in. Um, they're polar opposites. Uh, and Austin's like, like i mean you said you don't smoke weed but uh austin's wow. one of those places you can get away with like you can smoke weed and nobody's gonna <laughs> arrest you even though it's a felony and it's like a huge crime in texas what like you can go to austin prison weird? if you're in any what other part of texas austin weird? but That's if you're like in austin matter. it's almost like you're in california like you can pretty much do whatever you want um now i want do what yeah, that's like their slogan is like "keep it weird" or "keep Austin weird" or something like that. Yeah, it's it's fun that they have a a slogan for a town to just keep it weird. And I mean, they, you know, there's all kinds of weird art scenes, and there's tons of hippies that just like live in strange little trailers that have fucking sculptures sticking out the top of them. I mean, it's like next yeah, time you get a chance, a little bit them,
1: older, then I'm gonna do like, uh, fine shit to, to do. It's really fun, like that, you know.
0: Yeah, that is a that that does get in the way a bit. We uh we've they, only taken the kids to Canada as far as leaving the country goes. Um I've always been kind of concerned about taking my kids to like Europe or anything, even though Europe's real fun. Uh I've been we went to uh we went to Ireland last year, my wife and I and we left the kids at home with her mom. And I, there was so much shit. I was like, man, if Asher was here, he would love this. If Rylan was here, she would love, like, I just wanted to show my kids all this shit. And it's like, I, there's just those little things that sketch me out. I'm not sure, you know, what kind of things you can get away with. And if there's like some bad part of town you might get lost in that wouldn't matter. If yeah, I took my a little
1: sketchy. kid when he was like two years old, we went to Costa Rica and we went to Cuba with the kid and uh like it was like two and three and (laughs) i was a little bit nervous about that and when i think back like everything went fine but when i think back to it i'm like that was actually pretty irresponsible i was like man i don't know the best idea
0: yeah it's it's there's one of those things though it's like you could call it irresponsible or you could say your kid lived in a way no kid that he ever will be so it's kind of finding the balance between those i mean like we took the kids to oh, New so I York said he, when we he's just not going to remember shit. Whoa! So. <laughs> it, it cut out again. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, if he was little, that's the thing. We took my kids to New York too early too. Like we have to go back. Uh, we have to go to New York City and do New York City correctly with the kids in a couple years because now they're all old enough to remember pretty much everything. My youngest is four, so she there might be you know some stuff that's shaky, but. Uh, when my two older ones were really little, we took them to New York city and we went to the Bronx zoo and we did all this fun shit, but we also accidentally got lost. We were trying to find a restaurant and we ended up in a fucking terrible neighborhood. And, uh, I was legitimately scared to cross the street with my kids. Like by myself, if I had a pocket knife, I wouldn't have been too worried about it. It wasn't like anybody was directly there, but it was just, everything was a little off and and there was like clearly you know people passed out from shooting up heroin and shit, and uh, so that's one of those things. Looking back at it, I mean, it didn't. It went okay, kind of like your Costa Rica and Cuba thing. But I wish I would have waited a little longer to take them to New York. And now we want to go to Costa Rica. And I think now, like youngest being four, and my cousin already going to Costa Rica all the time. I think we're gonna go with him because he kind of knows. You know, fly to this airport. We take this this van to this resort and then we don't leave um so i, I think yeah i think we're about ready well, to do that one but we might I don't have know another think year
1: gonna be that cleared up in a year
0: right yeah I'm, yeah i always i actually forgot for like 30 seconds that the whole world's burning down right now so, like that's that's one of the beautiful things about a podcast if you ever get a chance you should start your own podcast just so you have an excuse to talk to your friends with headphones on face-to-face with a microphone and have no distractions. Yeah, like that's, listen, and this is actually for that reason, and that reason right, alone, yeah. it's super cool. Um, like That's cool, well, and it's, you're doing it uh, in a weird way because it's over the phone, like I'm telling you, it's so fun in person, but uh, hopefully, I mean, are you planning on working yeah, in the maybe, States, yeah. like in a year or two when shit's normal again? Okay. Well, if you come to the States, uh, and I mean, I'm just saying the States in general, give me three months notice. If there's a convention or whatever it is that's attracting you to that part of the country, it's really easy and cheap for me to fly around pretty much anywhere within the U S so oh, wow. I mean like my average ticket price, I think is like 120 bucks. So I could make it an excuse to like go meet up, set it up in a hotel, uh, you know, do a convention or whatever it is. That way I can actually write it off on my taxes. We can do a real one. Uh, but for real, um, if you ever do want to get into it, like shoot me a message. It's super fun, and I've learned a bunch yeah, of stuff, and I've got dope, to meet man. with some crazy, weird people. So, <laughs> cool. Well, um, unless you got anything to add, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, finish this thing up. It's an hour forty three. We're at a uh, hundred and three minutes, however long that is. So, <laughs> no, I just I have the counter right. Wow, here. you're good, man. I'm not good at math. Yeah. I'm good at math. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay i was like damn you're that was quick like i know 90s an hour and a half but damn you fucking kill i mean it would be easy math now that i said it out loud 90s a, a hour and a half so yeah never mind but uh anyway is there anything else you wanted to add before we get off of here any uh, i mean i can tell people for sure check out your instagram it's uh ajr tattoos this dude's fucking awesome does the um, large scale black and gray no uh, everybody stay but safe anything else you there, want to add?
1: be healthy Get your workouts in, um, just force yourself to do the things you don't wanna do just because you know it's gonna make you feel better. Like you're not gonna wanna do it at that exact time, but when you're done, you're gonna feel better. Like just everyone knows the right thing to do, just do it, that's, right. that's
0: all I gotta say. Do the right thing, challenge yourself. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. And, uh, when I get this thing uploaded, I'll shoot you a link to it so you can check it out. And I don't think we need to do any editing. I think it's posted. Yeah. Hopefully it turns out good. Uh, hopefully it doesn't sound too bad being over the phone. All right, bro. Thanks, man. Bye.